0: This is Tending Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. I'm Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for being here today. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in for episode 5. My plan for today's topic was to focus on perennial plants to add to your homestead, and I wanted to talk specifically about the plants I mentioned purchasing through a group buy in our local homestead group here in Tennessee. However, because of some cold weather that has popped up, We just had yet another hard freeze a few days ago. Plant delivery on that order has been pushed back a bit, so I'm going to cover that next episode. Instead, today, I'll be talking about where to begin when you first move on to your homestead. But before we jump into that, I want to cover some of our normal news and segments. On the homestead, a big purchase happened, and it actually arrived today. I'm really tired tonight, actually. We had a lot of things happen here today. But the first big thing was that we had to purchase a riding lawnmower. I really hate spending money, especially in this amount, but we knew this was going to be a necessary expense when we purchase land. I'm really kind of just a cheapskate, though, about some stuff. And also, I tend to research large purchases a bunch. And the bigger the purchase, the more research I tend to do. I can't tell you how much time I spent looking at information online, Asking questions in homesteading forums, going and sitting on different mowers, and generally just wishing that somehow we could avoid making this purchase altogether. But spring is here, and the yard is starting to get high, and we definitely have a tick problem here. So it was time. I finally just bit my tongue on one of my days off last week and told myself, I will purchase a mower by the end of the day. End of story. So I did, and it will be fine. In the long term, I hope we won't really need a mower at some point. We have about three acres that needs mowing currently, minus the garden space, so I would love to continue adding in perennial plants everywhere as well as various garden spaces so that eventually there's nothing really to mow. I'm already dreaming about maybe getting to sell this mower someday and recouping some of the money from it. And now I need to learn how to do mower maintenance and change oil, sharpen blades, and things like that. So skilling up and learning things all the time. The other big thing that happened today was getting some tilling done. I'm a fan of the no-till method. I definitely prefer to not till. So my plan is that this will be the first and only time that we till the land here because we have really heavy clay soil and it's very compacted down and you know just nothing's been done to it for years if not decades. So I originally was planning to not till at all and just kind of put a lot of arm po- arm power and muscle sweat into this, but it didn't work out. I went out there um, sometime last week on one of my days off and started poking around with like one of my pitchforks, trying to get down and start loosening up some soil. I got that pitchfork like two or three inches into the ground and it just stopped and would not go further. So I don't know if I just have hard pan, or if it's just that the clay is just compacted, or what I have going on. But it was really obvious to me that especially for the size of land, um, the size of the garden that I'm trying to get established here, both for vegetables for us, as well as medicinal herbs to be able to sell as part of our income, that this was not something I could handle on my own just with hand tools, at least not to be able to get this going for this first year. So I got online and actually found someone local for relatively cheap who came out, ran through it just a single time with a tiller just to get the soil just a little bit loosened up. We didn't go very deep at all, just a few inches. But it's enough that, you know, now I can actually get out there and start working the ground, adding in organic material. I got a load of mushroom compost last week, so I was able to get that tilled in. And I can also work on adding, you know, leaf mold and things throughout the season as well. So it was a bummer for me to have to till, even just this one time. It was something I really kind of resisted, but I know in the long run, it was probably the right call, and it won't take long for all that mycelium to get kicking again and get back to where it wants to be. All right, so for our main topic today, we will be diving into the big question of where do you start once you finally get onto your new land? There is so much to do anytime you move from one space to another but now you're also looking at taking on land management and infrastructure with an eye for the long term because i think most of us get onto our land with the idea that this is the last time we're moving right so it's time to dig our toes in and make this place exactly what we want it to be because hopefully we're going to be here for a long time it can really be easy to get overwhelmed by everything you want to do i put out a call on my instagram for any questions you all had about getting started. And there were some great questions about the overall planning, as well as how to set realistic goals. I'll do my best to address that here, as that is something I definitely struggle with too. I'm always trying to take on too much, and I've really had to work hard to curb that in myself. So the first step I'll say is take a deep breath. And just remember, you don't have to do everything at once or get everything accomplished in your first year on your homestead. And spoiler alert, you really probably can't. Please don't take that statement as a challenge. So go ahead and get out some paper and just do a brain dump of all the potential projects you could see happening on your land, no matter the size of the project or how far off it might seem in reality. Go ahead and get it out on paper. I'd recommend that you do this with other members of your household as well, just to make sure everyone's on the same page. You can either all come up with your list and then share, or go ahead and make the list together as sort of just a fun activity. It's a great time to kind of see what are the other members of your household dreaming about doing. Now the next part is the hard part. Now you need to go through that list and start crossing things off. What doesn't seem important this year? What isn't time sensitive? What is definitely out of your budget? And what are things that can't happen until other projects have already been accomplished? You need to be really brutal with this try to narrow it down to just a handful of things. I would say no more than five, but three would really be best. And let those be your focuses for this first year. And you know what? If you're just super awesome and you get all those done in a few months, guess what? You can go back to your list and pick a few more things to tackle. But having a dozen projects partially underway is really stressful. And I'd rather have two or three things completely done in that same time frame, wouldn't you? So here's what we did here. There were three things that we really prioritized and those three things were the house, um, the outbuildings on the property, so like my herb office, and also um, a, a woodworking shop for my partner, and then also getting fruit trees planted. Why did we pick those things? First, we sort of applied permaculture zone logic to this, which is the idea of breaking your space up into zones of use. Your own location or dwelling is ground zero, so to speak, because that's where you live and odds are that's where you spend the most hours and you'll be traveling from that central location out to the other zones on your property. So you think about placing other zones in relation to your dwelling and then trying to plan optimal travel paths with regards to frequency of use and things like that. So for instance, if there's something you need to visit on a regular basis, such as a vegetable garden, You're probably going to put that relatively close to your house as opposed to at the far end of your property for you to have to walk to each time. But you might go ahead and plant your orchard in a more distant zone because you don't need to visit it as frequently. Our house needed a lot of work when we first moved into it, and so we prioritized getting our living space in order. I know of another homesteader here in Tennessee who has been on her property for over a decade now, And she cautions other new homesteaders to work on their living space first. She didn't prioritize it and let herself get bogged down in too many projects at once. And as a result, is still cleaning the previous owner's stuff off of her property. She has a good sense of humor about it all, but it was definitely a cautionary tale that I'm glad she shared. And I really tried to take it to heart. We even applied this zone idea to the rooms of our house. And that just felt like common sense to me just thinking about, you know, what's really important in the house. So we spend the bulk of our time in the common areas of like the living room and the kitchen. So getting those up and in working order was a top priority. Plus, we like to have people over pretty often, um, though we haven't really had any big events here yet. But then getting a bedroom and at least one bathroom up and running was important. The guest room was actually the last full room to be finished. And our first guest, my mom, helped me get it done. And then we actually are still working on stuff inside of the house. I'm still working on the little hall bathroom, but that was pretty low priority because it's not the bathroom we're using on a day-to-day basis. We also prioritized getting the small herb office that I'll be using, so the additional outbuilding, and that was important because that ties into how I plan to make a living here, and our space in the house is smaller than our previous house, and so we needed that room for as we head into this growing season, when I need space to be able to dry herbs and process them. And I really, it was important to me to have a space, you know, separate from our main house because we have a lot of animals here. And I wanted a space that I knew could be kept clean, kept up to standards for processing herbs and things like that. So that was super important to get started. We're still working on that too. Finishing the inside has definitely taken a little bit longer than we thought it would, but that's just because we have other projects happening. Our other priority was fruit trees, and the simple reason for that is because they take time to get established. You've probably heard the adage that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is today, right? So I'm getting things in the ground as quickly as the budget will allow. I think we're up to over a dozen different trees now, and I'm really excited about that, but also not stopping anytime soon, much to everyone else's chagrin but I love trees y'all. So side note, I can't help it. And I just want to have as many varieties as possible. So we've gotten a lot accomplished in 10 months, but we still have quite a ways to go. I'm actually really glad that we kept a good rein on how many things we were going to start at once. Otherwise I would be pulling my hair out. Living in a constant construction zone is not fun. I love having a lot of projects going on at once, but you have to consider the mental and physical real estate that they take up. If I'm reading eight books versus three books, that's not a super inconvenient difference in terms of the space that that takes up stacked on my nightstand, but eight different home improvement projects underway at the same time, that amounts to a lot of half done stuff to be tripping over and a lot to juggle mentally too. I think one thing we don't consider is that it's also an easy way to waste money when you're bouncing back and forth between too many things. one thing that pops to mind is, you know, dried out paint rollers or something where you're like working on a room and you get halfway done or, or you know, ne- almost ready for the last coat and then you get distracted and you go start working on another project over here and you forget about it. So go ahead and make a list, narrow it down to, to your priorities and get to work. And if you finish, great, do something to celebrate and then pick your next project. I hope that was helpful, and also maybe take some of the pressure off so that you don't feel like you have to do everything in your first year. Also, there are lots of folks out there, especially in permaculture circles, who think you should spend your first year observing the land for a full cycle of seasons before you start deciding where to place things. So you may just want to get a compost pile started and think about building soil health before you even start planting. Focus on your living space and get to know your new home and area, and hopefully you'll have plenty of years to make your homesteading dreams become reality. I also had another really great listener question from Taylor who wrote in and asked, how big should my first season's garden be? There are so many things that I would consider when answering this, such as if you're growing just for your household, or if you plan to try to sell some produce, how much gardening you've done, and also how many hours you have available to spend on gardening. When I think about the time investment, it's also not only the hours outside, but also the time it takes to process all of the deliciousness you've grown so that it doesn't get wasted. The peak of tomato season can be an exhausting time if you're trying to can enough sauce and salsa and other goodness to get you through the year, which reminds me that I need to can a lot more tomatoes this year. I'm down to my last two quarts of stewed tomatoes and I'm low key kind of freaking out about it. So Taylor, my advice to you would be to sketch out your garden plan in terms of plot size, and how many varieties of plants you want to grow, and then reduce that by at least a third, if not more. And here's the thing, you can always add another row or two later on if you want. You told me you live in a fairly similar growing zone to me, which means you get to basically have a spring garden, a summer garden, and a fall garden to rotate different crops through. So you could go ahead and get your spring garden started, but then also maybe prep a little bit of additional land right next to it either turning the ground and then covering it to keep weeds from growing, or using a lasagna gardening method of layering cardboard, straw, and compost and stuff, and then covering that. And then if you decide in a few months that you need more growing space, you're already good to go. Um, Curtis Stone is a really successful Canadian market gardener. And I heard him recently say that if you were doing a market garden for your income, and you were estimating that you could make $50,000 from your land if everything was running super smoothly and efficiently, that you should aim to make only a third of that total in your first year and two thirds of that in your second year as you're getting up to speed and acclimated to everything. So even if you're not market gardening for income, I think you you can apply like a similar approach to this. Maybe start by imagining the largest garden you think you could actually tend to in an ideal year And then scale it back for this first year a bit and build it up with each successive year. Start small so that you can enjoy success rather than stress, and then expand from there. We're all learning each and every season, so I hope you have a fantastic garden this season, Taylor, and that it brings you joy both in your heart and later on in your kitchen. I'm still trying to learn this about scaling back in size, and I definitely was looking out the window tonight after the tilling was done and looking at that and going, wow, that's a lot of space that I'm gonna try to garden on this year and farm. And then at the very same time going, is that enough space? Should I have gone for further? Should I have should I have more land prepped? So I think it's a constant struggle when you're trying to decide how big to go because you always, you know, you get into this because you love plants and you want to grow everything and have all the things and it's super fun and exciting but then you also need to be realistic about how much can you actually handle and keep up with. I think there's no sadder feeling in the world than to plant a seed, nurture it, watch it grow up into a plant, and then harvest something from that, and then have that food go to waste because you just couldn't get to it in time. So if you are going to have a really crazy big garden, have a backup plan, make friends with your neighbors, Make sure you have people that would maybe be down to come and help you if you need some help, especially at like harvest time, because yeah, like tomato season's no joke, at least around here. And don't get me started on, you know, squash and zucchini. So I know today was sort of a little bit of a shorter episode. It's mostly all just because today's been a long and stressful day. So trying to get this finished up for you tonight and get it out to you. Um, Next time, we will definitely jump into some of those perennial plants. And I'm excited because we might even have a guest segment on that episode to talk about a really, really, really awesome perennial. And also, I'm heading off to the Mid-South Women's Herbal Conference here in about a week and a half. So hopefully I will bring you interesting tales back from that. As always, feel free to contact me with any questions or comments or topics that you would like me to cover. You can get in touch with me by email, foxandelder at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, foxandelder, all one word. Thanks to everyone that has been rating and reviewing and sharing this with your friends. I really, really, really appreciate it more than I can say. And I will be back with new episodes on the first and third Wednesday of each month. Until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open.